0: I, I drank something with him and I was like, I didn't, I didn't want any more. But then what happened was I was off to a tattoo parlor and I came home and I had a big tattoo on my head. And when I realized I came home and I had a big tattoo on my head, I, I realized also that whatever he gave me to drink, I was completely under his will. Mm. I was, you know, I did what he told me. He's like, we're gonna get a tattoo and now. Okay. And he goes to me, you know what I do for a living? Oh my god. In
1: 1837, Horace Mann created the education system, a system at the time designed to pump out factory workers and professors. The same system that is still being used today in the 21st century. Now, Mann's system is backfiring we are being molded by the same industrial system that has existed for close to 200 years. That system delivers us into a digital economy that has no need of our outdated skills. This isn't our teachers' fault. This isn't the government's fault. This is due to a rapidly changing world full of technology and unforeseen circumstances. And us Gen Zs are caught in the middle. Welcome to the Driven Young Podcast, the podcast for stressed, overwhelmed young Australians teaching you practical life skills you can implement now to set yourself up in life. And now your host, Byron Dempsey. Welcome back to the Driven Young Podcast. And today I'm joined by a good friend of mine, Alyssa Crisson. Alyssa is 33 years old and has been traveling the world since she was 18 years old. She has spent over eight years in India, experiencing their cultures, meeting people, teaching yoga, and many other things. She's since started her company called YAMA, which stands for Yoga, Arts, Movement, and Adventure. They host regular trips to places such as Nepal, Fraser Island, the Wit Sundays, and other incredible locations with amazing people. In this episode, Alyssa shares her story of traveling the world, including a powerful story she's never shared publicly. She shares her highs and her lows and gives advice to anyone out there who wants to travel the same way she has. As per usual, please DM me or Alyssa on Instagram. I love receiving your messages. They mean the world to me. All the links and everything you need, as usual, are in the show notes below. Now, over to Alyssa. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you. Very excited for this episode. I wanted to, I mean, there's a lot we could talk about, but I wanted you just to share your story, just like, and we can unpack ideas and, you know, learnings as you share the story, but I think it's a great way because you've got such an interesting story. So you've done a lot, you're a yoga teacher. You spent years in India, which we'll get into. You've traveled around the world. You've now got a company called Yama, which we'll talk about as well. But my first question is always, what did you do after high school? And what was that decision-making process like for you?
0: Uh, I definitely didn't go down the conventional path. Uh, I was so, so uh, heart set, I guess, on traveling very early. I started saving to travel throughout year 11 and 12. And I knew as soon as the school year finished that I was off because I wasn't ready to make any big life decisions yet. And so I headed off to Europe with a friend, the Buy Europe, and yeah, that, that, was a, that was a great trip. We went around and I realised that I really liked that. <laughs> so uh, we went back home and then I was like, well, I'm going to plan the next trip. And mm. that just kept happening. And I travelled all around the world. I think by the time I was, oh, I'm probably making up numbers now, but by the time I was like 25, I had been to like 40 countries or something. And when I was... 23 i found india and Mm. india for me was it was something different when i landed there and i felt the energy of the place i just felt like i came home so sometimes i often think that maybe you know my last life i was indian or something but um yeah i just felt like i was home and yeah i spent the next seven years kind of wandering wandering around india um and asia yeah.
1: Amazing. So, I mean, something that I always get, like every single time I talk about travel is people always go, it's easy for you to say, you're rich or whatever it is. Mm. Obviously they don't know, who you're, they always just assume. But you mentioned you saved up during high school and you're doing trip after trip. Were you just coming home, working, saving, then doing trip? And I then- was,
0: I was coming home, I was working as a brewster so it kind of is kind of one of those jobs that you can sort of drop in and out of. Yeah. Um. So I was coming, and I was I did have the luxury of living at home, so yeah. that really helped. I think if I lived out of home, it would have been a lot harder. But I mean, as time went on, I was spending a lot more time overseas, and then I sort of discovered that I could make money overseas. So I was I was doing that as well to stay mm. longer. But yeah, I was coming home to to make money um, and just working at a cafe as a barista, working my ass off and mm. not really connecting with anyone here, not really like, I sort of started to lose that connection with Australia for a long time because when I was here, it was just about grinding and working and making money for the trip. so I could go on a trip. Yeah. So I think I had like this negative... So I started to build this negative association with Australia and like not wanting to be here and always wanting to yeah. escape and always wanted to run away from it. Um, I think ha- COVID coming here now and being here now for the past years has really changed my view on being here and being in Australia, being Australian and, yeah, it's it's a great country. It's an amazing country and um, I got to spend the whole COVID period travelling around the country from Uluru to Cape Tribulation all the way down like yeah it was great so.
1: Not a bad um, way to spend COVID. No, <laughs> I mean no. it's, it's funny you say that because one of my mates Luke who I mentioned to you he's a mm. travel vlogger mm. he was like episode 38 on this podcast so he actually he, he built his brand in India mm-hmm. like a lot of now he's gone to Pakistan and other countries but his original first series was in India and he has the exact same beliefs as you he really doesn't like it he didn't like Australia he, well he doesn't still um because he's still traveling and stuff but for I don't know what it is. It's like, once you get out there, I think there's a lack of community in Australia that I feel 100%. like.
0: A lack of culture as well. I really yeah. feel like community is a big one. And this is what my business is really about. is mm. about building that sense of community. Like everything that I learned on my travels, I want to incorporate it into what is Yama um, and, you know, what I'm trying to bring. But yeah, definitely like the, the friendships that I made overseas were like super... We were family, you know, like mm. we were tribe. And I often didn't feel that here. I mean, I have to put into into that equation that I was younger when I was spending a lot of time here. And now I am older spending time here and I have, you know, built beautiful friendships here. So you can build beautiful friendships here, but we still really lack culture.
1: Yeah. So big time.
0: yeah. I, I feel I feel like, yeah. Australia's young.
1: Australia (laughs) is ridiculously young. I think Mm. people don't realise how Mm. young we are in terms of like, or I guess white Australia is ridiculously young, Yeah. Um, but I guess going back to your, your, you know, travelling. So when you made the decision to go travel and then you just kept travelling and you're working barista job, a lot of your friends were, I guess, off starting their careers and stuff. What did your parents think? What were people saying? Like, was that difficult for you?
0: Yeah, definitely. Um, My friends were starting careers. They were at university. um, And I often felt like um, maybe I was making the wrong choices because I haven't been to university. I didn't do that. I actually, I did go to university for a very short amount of time um, and realized it wasn't for me. So I did drop into that when I had all these guilty feelings like Mm. emerging. I'm like, okay, maybe I'll try that. And I did, I was like, "Mm, no, I think I'd rather travel. I'm out. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) So. that was like in my yeah my experience of university was a whole maybe 8 weeks of it <laughs> so but
1: you, i mean it sounds like you just did it because you felt like i just like did it because
0: everyone else was yeah. i felt like i should i felt pressure from my f- parents um My parents put a lot of pressure in the early days of me travelling. They're always like, when are you going to settle down? When are you going to do this? When are you going to do this? And then, you know, like funny enough, time went by and they kind of admired what I did and they wanted to do it too. And they went on a big long trip. So, yeah, it's pretty cool to to shift their perspective as well just by doing Mm. what like what felt right for me and not following what society says is right or what everyone else tells me what to do or... You know, I, I was always kind of that way. Like, I think if someone told me to do something, I'd go the opposite way, mm. but I just followed my heart always. And- Which is
1: like the best thing you can do, I think. For one, sure. of the, one of the top regrets, well, the, the top regret of the dying, they say, is I wish I lived a life more true to myself rather than live the life others expected of me. Mm. And it seems like by you going on this path, you've lived a life more true to yourself. You haven't gone down the pathway that others expected you to, like your you know parents, society, all that sort of stuff. And now, you know, here you are with an incredible array of life experiences, which we'll get into. Yeah. So (laughs) no, it's awesome. And I'm a huge advocate of traveling again. I like how you just said, you know, I would just travel and then I come home and just work my ass off and then travel again and then work my ass. Like people always make excuses for not being able to travel. Mm. They're like, oh, it's easy for you to say, blah, blah, blah. It's like, just get a job save up and go travel. It's honestly, yeah. it's never been cheaper. Yeah. Our grandpa- my grandma loves traveling and she couldn't do it until she was in like her thirties. And even then they spent $50,000 on a six month trip. And that's for 50 grand back in the nineties. Mm. That was like their, their savings. Like we're so lucky to be able to see the world. It's still expensive, but it's cheaper than it's ever been. Well, let
0: me give you this story. I, um, I once did a year, one year of travel. I spent six months in India. And six months in Thailand and I did that year on three and a half thousand dollars. Australian? Three and a half Australian. I came back with $700. I was doing little odd jobs on the way, but it just goes to show you can do it, Mm. you know? And I, when I had that three and a half thousand dollars, which was a gift from the universe, I had no money and then boom, this money came into my life and I was like, sweet, I'm out. And... In my mind, I wasn't, like, I wasn't limited to a few weeks of travel. I knew that I had a lot of travel yeah. with, that, with that amount of money because I started to learn how to do it and how to tra- travel cheap. And for me, it was almost like a bit of a game. You know, I was playing this mm. game and yeah, I didn't live like a luxury life, but it was fun. And it was actually one of the best years of my life. It was a year that I spent barefoot, <laughs> the entire year barefoot. So I was really like connected to the earth and I was grounding and you know, I, I felt just I don't think I cried once in that year. I mm. think I think I was just like full of joy that entire year. So yeah, that was a that was a very special gift and you can do it. Mm. You know, you can do whatever you want to do if you put your mind towards it. Yeah. Yeah.
1: It's like whether you think you can or whether you think you can't, you're right. Yeah. And a lot of people think they can't, therefore yeah. they They can't.
0: Yeah, I mean, that's the first thing you have to change. When I teach a yoga class, I'll I'll have a lot of people say, no, I can't do that. I'm like, you have to change that language first. You have to Mm. change that mindset first because the more you say you can't, the first step you have to do is say, I can. Mm. So just say, I can. Even if you think you can't right now, just say, I can. And then there's a small step towards and then you will be able to do it.
1: Mm.
0: Everyone can if they believe they can. Mm.
1: Which yeah. is a growth mindset sort yeah. of thing. Like yeah, exactly. believing that, yeah. you know, by putting in work, you can achieve stuff yeah. and not just going, oh, well, they're just naturally talented. Yeah. You know, they can do that. I can't. Like-
0: it, I mean, yeah, you have to work towards everything. Mm. Like I didn't get to where I got to with my, the, the way I use my body um, without practice, mm. you know, like uh, to, to execute a press handstand, some people will be like, I'll never be able to do that. Well, it's a time in my life where maybe I thought I'd never be able to do that, but i I changed that mindset. I'm like, i'm going to do this, I want to do this, mm. I want this, <laughs> and 100%. I did it, and yeah,
1: yeah, no, and that goes across so many assets of life mm. um I mean, we could talk about mindset i'm I'm sure a lot, but I'd love to go into i guess. You know, we've kind of, I guess, covered the base stuff. Now I'd love to go into like your story. So you went to Europe and you did a trip and then you came back and then you found India, you said at 23. Yeah. And then so I guess, you know, just take us through what some of the stories that happened in India? What was it like? How did you meet people? Like where did you live? Like just give us an, a rundown of like what happened in India.
0: So the first time I went to India, I was there with my boyfriend. Um, we, we went together and another friend of mine. So... We, we travelled there together and I fell in love with this country. And we were there for maybe three or so months. Um, and then we headed off to the Maldives and from the Maldives we went to Sri Lanka. So Sri Lanka is like the start of a big story in my life. Um, it's it's quite a turbulent story and it's, it's a very hard thing that I had to go through. Um, I'll call it the dark night of the soul. Yeah. And But, you know, like that dark night was... It it was a big like liberation as well. Like now in hindsight, like that changed my life in such a positive way, even though it was the hardest thing I ever had to go through. So basically, what happened? I was in Sri Lanka and i I was there with my partner and my friend, and we went into we went to Colombo and we met some people. They were two Iranian refugees. They were living there. They wanted to come to Australia. They seemed really cool. They seemed really nice. I decided being young, naive and kind of, you know, living in this little box growing mm. up, not really understanding, you know, that there's people out there that want to do you harm or want to. Yeah, I, I was naive. Yeah. So I decided to live with these guys when everyone else left. So my boyfriend and my friend left and I was there alone and I was about to go on this big journey. And I thought, yeah, why not? I'm just going to move in with these strangers that I met today. <laughs> and I did. Um, and I was living with them for about a week. Um, and there was a few odd things that were happening in that week. And, yeah, I uh, – <clears throat> can we stop for a minute? Yeah, sure.
1: Sorry.
0: That's right. right. Um, I'm getting nervous.
1: It's <laughs> okay. Take your time. Am I talking really fast? No, I think you're talking, yeah. you're, I think it's very good storytelling.
0: Okay. All right. How do I start again? Just keep going. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, so, <laughs> so I was living in this house for about a week and noticed a few odd things happening in that time. Um, but, yeah, then I, one night he, gave me a drink and I told him I wasn't drinking I wasn't really a big drinker mm. like I wasn't into alcohol never was really uh, still not really you have a, a glass of wine wine yeah, every now show. and then is fine for me but like it wasn't my vibe mm. and this guy said he was Christian and you know he didn't drink either but he said this night we have to drink we have to drink and so we drank and I I, I drank something with him and I was like I didn't I didn't want any more but then what happened was I was off to a tattoo parlor and I came home and I had a big tattoo on my head. And when I realized I came home and I had a big tattoo on my head, I, I realized also that whatever he gave me to drink, I was completely under his will. Mm. I was, you know, I did what he told me. He's like, We're going to get a tattoo on your head now. Okay. Had the tattoo, didn't feel the tattoo, came home. And then I realized, and I started crying. I'm like, why do I have a tattoo on my head? Like, what's this, Wh- what's happening? And <laughs> yeah, then uh, this guy flipped out. And it's the first time I have ever seen that kind of behavior. Like when someone's gone from being completely fine and normal to almost psychotic. Mm. Um, and he was saying all kinds of crazy things to me. And I'm like, what is going on here? And he goes to me. You know what I do for a living? I take women and I sell them. And I was like, "What am I doing in this house? Like, mm. where where am I right now? Who is this person? Like, i I was very scared. I was very scared. And not only that, but he had little locks of hair that he collected from these women. Oh my women. god! And he he shared that with me. Um, and yeah, the, the, the behavior that I was witnessing was, yeah, I mean, it's hard to, it's hard to put words around it. it was, I mean, the best word, word is like, it was psychotic.
1: Sounds like something out of a movie.
0: It felt like something out of a movie. Yeah. <laughs> so that night I got locked into the room and I also realized that I was in a house in the middle of Colombo. I had no idea where the house was. He always led me around so he never sh- sort of let me find my own navigation. Mm-hmm. And st- things started to make sense to me. Like things like one day I saw a little boy, like a little uh, neighbourhood boy in the room of the brother. So the brother was living there as well. And when I went to go there he got very angry at me and I was like taken aback a little bit. I'm like why is he getting so upset about this? I was just going to ask you if he wanted a drink. Um, and there's little things that happen on that journey that I had with him over the week. But I also felt like we genuinely connected, like him and I genuinely connected. So that night he locks me in the room and I realize there's also bars on the windows, there's three gates to get into this house, things that I didn't really take notice of before. Mm, but now, but I now, now I was taking notice. Now yeah. I was like, okay, I'm like locked in this house. i got this guy that's telling me that, He takes women and sells them. We've organised a bike trip to the mountains tomorrow and I don't know what's going to happen. So I think that night put a lot of fear into me, a lot of fear. Um, Still to this day I don't, I haven't fully recovered from that fear. I still have panic attacks. I still have pretty intense anxiety. So that's something I have have to deal with in my life now now. So, yeah, that that night was – that was a tough night for me. And basically what happened was that the morning came. He opens my room. He he unlocks the room. And he says to me, I love you like a sister. This place is dangerous. I'm dangerous. And I want you
1: to leave now
0: before I change my mind. And he let me go. Oh, my God. (laughs) And I – Ran out onto the street with my bag, my backpack. I'm like, and I'm crying, like hysterically crying. People were pointing and laughing at me because, you know, crying there in Sri Lanka is a sign of weakness. Mm. You don't cry publicly. So people were laughing at me and I was, I was like, what is wrong with these people, you know? Like this happened and I'm crying. I'm like, I just want to go. So I got into a tuk-tuk and the tuk-tuk driver started driving. and I was crying and he saw, oh, well, this is a vulnerable woman. So he drove me to this car park and he starts touching my leg and he's going, Miss, miss, and I've just lost it. I'm like, do not touch me. Let me off this tuk-tuk. And I like screaming, I take my bag and I'm running and I'm I'm just like running down the street like a maniac. And I, I'm waving down this other tuk tuk and then he gets me and I get into the tuk tuk. I'm like, I'm like wiping my face, like trying mm. not to cry. And I'm like, please take me to the airport. Mm. So I went to the airport and I went home. Um, and the year was 2013. I don't like the number 13. It's, it's not my favourite number. Part of the reason is that year was very hard for me and the year didn't get any easier. So I was determined, very stubborn, determined to finish this trip around the world that I had planned. So at this point it'd been like four, four or five months since I had left Sydney and I'm back home. So I was like, and my ego as well, you know, I was like, I told everyone I'm going on a two-year trip around the world. I'm going to do my two-year trip around the world. So I was in Australia for a little while with my partner. We were back together. We were feeling the love. It was nice. Um, I think like all the the stress from that situation that happened, I missed things that were happening in my body. So I flew to Greece um,
1: to continue. Which is where you're from, by the way, right?
0: I'm Greek background, yeah. yeah. Yeah, flew to Greece to continue uh, my journey, my trip. And I was there for a short time, realised I was like, mm, put on a bit of weight. Didn't know why. Um, worked out why. Turned out I was pregnant um, with my partner at the time. And as quickly as I found out I was pregnant, I lost it. And I lost it at 13 weeks. Um, I was asked to get a DNC operation but I didn't want to because it was very expensive. So I was like I, I thought i would just let it come naturally or something. But that wasn't going to happen. Um, and I ended up getting really sick. So I had to go for an emergency operation and get this DNC and get this removed. And that was actually even harder mm. <laughs> than being, you know, potentially… Kidnapped and, mm. um, you know, held up with potential human traffickers. I found that experience so deeply disturbing and hurtful, um, because you connect with this life inside of you. You really do, and, and I grieved as if I lost something I knew. Mm. Um, so that was a that was a really hard thing to go through, and I think I cried for weeks straight. I just cried. And I think the hormones as well. Yes, everything it, hit it at once. It was a lot. Yeah. Yeah, everything
1: hit at once. Well, and like, it's, was it was the same year?
0: Same year. Yeah, I mean you're yeah. probably
1: going, this has happened to me now, this has happened to me, why is everything going against me? Like,
0: Yeah. It was yeah. a lot.
1: Of course, yeah. It was a
0: lot to deal with. And in the end, as stubborn as I felt, I wanted to stay in Greece and, and I tried and, and one of my friends came and we tried to go on a trip together but I could not find happiness. Mm. I could not find joy. I just needed to go home. So I flew back home to Sydney and I moved in with my partner at the time. Um, and he was really trying to be supportive. Um, but I, w- I was having a very hard time getting on with life. And, <clears throat> you know, bad went to worse.
1: Gets worse? <laughs> gets worse. Oh, my gosh. Yeah,
0: it <laughs> gets worse. Um, so we moved into this house and, you know, just just a short story of it my house got robbed. I was about to embark on this photography journey. So I bought a camera, laptop, housing, all the stuff, you know, all the things that you need to be a photographer. And I was like, yeah, that's exciting. I'm gonna do that. That's gonna make me happy. All got robbed, (laughs) all got taken. And then I fell. Um, I locked myself out of the house one day and I was trying to climb over the fence and as I was coming over, I was holding onto the wood and the wood had termites and I fell onto a camping metal chair. You know the, the oh, camping yeah, yeah. fold-out chairs yeah. and the metal part like landed on my tailbone and I literally could have been in the hospital going, I landed yeah. on there and they're like, sure you did. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> it broke my tailbone and slipped two discs in my back and moved my oh, hip God. and I couldn't walk. So I was like shuffling along Emotionally lost, uh, debilitating. Like it was debilitating where I was emotionally, and I think at this point, I was um, not connecting to anyone around me. I was really in this dark internal world, and my partner. I just couldn't deal with it anymore. My friends couldn't deal with it anymore. My friends were like, "Sorry, if mm. we're gonna, you're bringing us down now." And my partner was like, I, I can't do this anymore. You, you have to fix yourself. Mm. And that was when I hit absolute rock bottom. Absolute rock bottom. I was like, I am checking out. I, I didn't want to do life anymore. I was, I was happy to just go. Mm. Um, and I ended up hanging in this house and there, there was, it was a house of like, I'm going to say they were heroin addicts. They were, they were addicts. Um, but it was the only place where I felt okay. Mm. And I was kind of just, I wasn't doing heroin, or I wasn't doing any drugs at the time, but I was feeling okay to be in that space or just felt like I could sit there with them. Mm. Um, and then someone said to me, Why don't you try yoga class? And I went to a Bikram class, um, not far from here, actually. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. And it was a 10-day trial and I went every day for 10 days. I went twice a day some days and I was crying in the class. I was like doing it and I was like crying, you know, like I was just releasing stuff and I was like, right, this is I'm feeling again because I wasn't feeling. Yeah, I was, like, I was so lost in all that trauma and all that everything that had gone on. My mind was like about to explode. I was so lost that so this is the first time I was like I'm feeling something. So I went home, I got on my computer, I looked up yoga teacher training. I wanted to go back to India. I felt like India was my place. I felt good there. And I flew off and I made my way back to India. And this is where my seven-year journey started. Mm. I went to Kulu Valley to an ashram there. And I studied um, traditional yoga, Raja Raja yoga. And, yeah, my journey started there.
1: Is, where's, what's the birthplace of yoga? India. It is India. Yeah. Okay.
0: Yeah. There is some other, I, I don't know the, the whole story, so I won't to try to s- tell it, but there is some where it came from, where it traveled from. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Some ancient, I don't know. But, but a good <laughs> part of it, it was
1: established in India.
0: Yeah. 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 It definitely is the home of yoga. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, this is my yoga journey started here. I completed the teacher training. I went up to... Uh, Manali after that I spent a lot of time in the mountains the mountains for me was super healing like so I have a very like a uh, soft spot I guess for the Himalayas um, they're a magical place and I actually have a trip coming up there soon so we got a Nepal trip so on the Nepal side of the Himalayas so I'm super excited to be back there and to share a place that healed me and helped me so much with now people that are going to join the Yama movement. <laughs> so, yeah, that, that, that's super exciting. But, yeah, my yoga journey started there. I then returned to Sydney for about three months. I reconnected with my partner um, after being having this time in India. And we tried but it just didn't work. And as it wasn't working I got a call again from India from the same teacher training in Cooler Valley saying, can you come back as an assistant teacher? So a year had passed and I was back in Kula Valley. It felt like Groundhog Day. Mm. I was doing the same thing yeah. again, the same teacher training, the same place, the same schedule. Um, and and that was challenging actually. It was challenging to, 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 to repeat that. It's like you know, don't do the same thing twice and expect a different result. I came back to this man expecting a different result, but it just yeah, it wasn't, Mm. it wasn't gonna be different. That's what
1: they say. If you do the same thing over and over again, expecting a different result, that's a definition of insanity.
0: Mm.
1: Not twice, but if you do it over and over and you keep expecting something different.
0: Yeah, yeah. Yeah.
1: So you went back to India. Went back to India and you were so this, guess, is,
0: this is a second, second year back, did the same teacher training again um, and wasn't feeling so good this time around. But then I left that teacher training and I started this journey, this, this journey through India. Um, I spent a few months in the north and then I think I went to Asia or something after that. came back the following year again to the north and it was in the third year where I made my way south. And I made my way to Goa. And Goa was where the, the arts came in. So Yamo's yoga, arts, movement, adventure. Mm. The adventure is there. The yoga is there. This is the arts. Um, and I guess the movement is there as well. But the movement came as well here because I was, I was playing with circus. I was, you know, meeting and collaborating with amazingly talented people, you know, Watching every night the most amazing live music, this gypsy gypsy music really, um, I I just felt this really strong connection to it, and it really resonated with me. World music, and that's all there. That's all in Goa. Um, it's a really special place, and there I really found my community, my people, uh, my tribe. So, um, yeah, it was a very it was a very healing, and I think that was a year that. It, we, I'll circle back that I did the year with bare feet and oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, you you're would, saying
1: one of your best years? Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. So that was the year that I was like barefoot, six months in India, six months in Thailand, and I was dropping out and going to because we, we had like six month visa. I always always on a tourist visa, so I always had to come out of the country every mm. six months. So I spent a lot of time in Asia as well, like Vietnam, Cambodia, Laos. Um, And yeah, I love all of Asia, but there's something definitely special about India Mm. that I keep feeling I need to come back to. And yeah, very, very connected with the people and the energy of the place, I suppose. Do you think it's
1: important that people experience other cultures? Because I think, think especially in Australia, we're in such a bubble. The fact that we're a giant island so far away from everything, not everything, but far away from a lot of core countries doesn't help. but I do think it's really important that you experience other cultures. It makes you more, a more holistic human. Definitely. You get a better understanding of what humans are capable of and yep. how other people think, which makes you more open-minded and I can list benefit after benefit. But I know for me, one of the most pivotal moments in my life, and I didn't realize it until recently when I talk about like references and a belief is formed by reference. I went to Thailand when I was 11 and we went for four weeks and the, the first two weeks we went for my uncle and auntie's wedding. And that was for two weeks in a really like private island. It was all rich people stuff, right? But two weeks before that, my parents took us through rural Thailand. And we actually, one of our friends ran a charity over there called Partnerships. And we visited some of these um, villages and they were so impoverished. Like we'd give the kids a bag of chips and they would like hold it to their heart. They wouldn't let anyone get it because it was the most valuable thing to them. We gave them some mm. toothbrushes, like a, a, a shitty little football. And I guess as an 11-year-old, it really made me go, Whoa.
0: Yeah, definitely gives you some perspective as well. We are very entitled here. Yeah.
1: Um,
0: you know, like people just breaking down over very trivial things. Um, and I don't think that's healthy. I think we do need to have a little bit of perspective. Mm. Um, everything comes so easily to us. Everything is just, you know, it's it's kind of we're we're very fortunate living in Australia. We really are. And I see that now. I, I didn't see it before, but I see that now.
1: Like that's why I think traveling is important as well.
0: Yeah, because it's sure.
1: it's difficult to see it if it's the only thing you've ever seen. Yeah, that's your reference of the world. Mm. But once you exit that and see how other people are living and other cultures and stuff, you'll realize. I agree. We complain about so many trivial stuff in Australia. Mm. In the big scheme of things, it's I think it's one of the best countries in the world. Mm. You know, it's an incredible country.
0: Yeah, I think so too. I think I'm I'm so happy that this is my base mm. and. Like I said, the past, since COVID, I was in India when COVID first hit um, and I got a call from my mom saying, please just come home. And I'm really glad I did. Like I think it was a very good decision I'd made because a lot of my friends stayed and the the treatment of them, of, you Mm -hmm. know, people there was really bad. Um, People were getting locked in houses and there was no food, there was no access to food. So they were like rationing rice and, you know, we we here had our government payments, sitting on paper, our yeah, there was anything we on. <laughs> sitting on our seven hundred a week or whatever it was, allowance, you know, like it was pretty sweet. It was mm. pretty like chill for us here. Um a, a lot of other places went through hell, you know. We we're so lucky, we don't realise how lucky we are. Um But yeah, uh being here was amazing because I, I settled down for a moment I had been traveling for so long that I and when I say I settled I still traveled around mm. Australia <laughs> so I mean it's never going to leave me I guess I am a gypsy I yeah. I, I I'm always going to be a traveler. But to clarify um,
1: this is now you've been traveling for like what seven years at this point? At in this India? point,
0: I'd been seven years in India, but I had started traveling in 18 and I'm 33 now. So I really haven't stopped.
1: So I guess when COVID hit, it had been like 11, 11, 12 years. Yeah. Even more.
0: Yeah. Right. Yeah. And so that first wave of COVID and we're all kind of in lockdown. I loved the lockdown.
1: Yeah, a lot of people did. <laughs> it
0: was great. You know, It was like this time where you just get to like be in your space. Mm. And that was a time where I was like, okay, I'm going to build something. I mean, I, I have the opportunity now to build something. And I had been working on my project, my Yama project before, and I was just about to do my first Nepal trip as well when COVID hit. So I was just like, yeah, I mean, I can't do a travel business now. Yeah. But yeah. I was thinking of all the alternative things I could do. Um, and, yeah, I I also got really deeply into climbing and I was getting out to the Blue Mountains a lot, even though we probably weren't allowed to a lot of the time. <laughs> I, I did get out to the Blue Mountains a lot and we spent a lot of time in the mountains climbing. So I really got to build that skill and like learn the ins and outs of outdoor climbing and lead climbing. And, um, yeah, that was amazing. And then after the first year of COVID, it's been like three years now, hasn't it? I, um, I get confused of how long it's been.
1: 2020 March. Yeah. So two and a bit.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So that first kind of wave of it. And then as things started to ease a little bit and the the states were opening, I got a call or a message on Instagram. And Instagram, it's pretty great, isn't it? (laughs) Met you on Instagram. Yeah. I mean,
1: I talk, uh, (laughs) I think it's a kind of, I kind of hate Instagram, but the opportunities, (laughs) if you use it correctly, can be an incredible way to meet people.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So I get this message uh, from a girl, Maddie, in the outback and she's got a business called Wild Women Journeys and she's like, hey, I saw that you're climbing and you're doing this and you're a yoga teacher. I need someone adventurous. I need someone to come and teach on these trips. So I got um, flown over to the outback and I started to work with Wild Women Journeys with Maddie and it was just so crazy that she called me to come there not knowing any of my story and that I was have I had the same business Mm. like we had the same vision the same you know slightly different vision but like the same ideas Mm. and so I started to work with Maddie and like charter her and then we ran some yama trips in the outback um and then it started to, I had to pivot, you know, like I, I couldn't do what I was going to do, which was Nepal and India. And that was going to be my, my place to run these trips. I had to do where I was, which Australia. was Australia. So yeah, I did, um, we did Sunday sailing trip. I did the outback trip. We did, uh, Ghari, Fraser Island. Um, what else did we do? Um. Top end, yeah. So it was pretty cool. Mm, uh, that is pretty cool. And it was pretty cool how it happened. It was cool how like I just got sort of called by this girl who's now like my best friend um, to come and do something that you know, and she didn't know that I was I was doing more or less the same thing.
1: So. I feel like that is the way life works. So hundred like percent. You put your. I always say if you put your message and your vision out there. Use social media to your advantage. Put out what you want to do, who you are. You're going to attract the right type of people, hopefully, into your life. It's a whole thousand doors thing, right? You you couldn't have known what was going to happen. But just by living your life intentionally, opportunities come. Mm. And I think people get stressed because they go, but I need to have a plan. It's like, no, Mm. you can't have a plan for something. Mm. You just got to start doing it and then just see what happens. Exactly.
0: And that's how I say to go travel. I mean, I'm the kind of person, you don't have to do it this way, but I'm the kind of person that books a flight in. That's Mm. it. It got me in trouble a few times. I, I landed in the Maldives and like, where's your hotel? And I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm staying. I oh, said so literally, just, literally just a flight. <laughs> yeah, yeah, literally just the flight. That's that's how I travel. I just take the flight and then I work it out when I mm. get there because you can always work it out when you get there. Worst case scenario, you go back to the airport and you sleep in the airport for mm. a night. Worst case scenario, hostel or something. Never happened. Exactly. As hostels is everything. It's like you're always okay. Some countries are a little bit different. Mm. Um, but throughout Asia it's more or less okay just to book a flight and go. I don't like to have a schedule. Like I just wanna go and see what happens, see mm. who I meet, see where I go, go with the flow. That's kind of how I like to live my life. You know, I being too like programmed and scheduled, all right, I'm gonna go here, then on this day I'm gonna fly here and on this day. It doesn't work for me because on the date before I might fly there, I might meet someone that I really want to spend time with.
1: Yeah. I, lo- I love that as well. And I think that's the advantage of travelling solo. Is yeah. You have the privilege. Like obviously if you're with a family, you can't do that because mm. you've got to make sure everything's working. But when you're by yourself, mm. um, and actually on that, did you find being like a young woman travelling solo, did you find it challenging or scary? Because I know a lot of people would be like, I could never travel solo as a woman and stuff.
0: Um, I mean, I had that, that the experience.
1: that I mean, you've... <laughs>
0: That um You've got to, you know, that you I know. just shared with you. And I felt like I had to go into my fear. Mm. Like I if I if I went the other way, I would have been hid in my home, went home, hid in my home and just went
1: And let it cripple you.
0: Yeah, exactly. But I had to go towards it. So I wanted to travel alone after that. I wanted to go to India alone, I wanted to travel do all, all the trains, everything alone. I, I needed to do that. I learned how to navigate around that country safely alone. Um, I don't recommend it for everyone. Mm. It's not like I've seen a lot of things happen on my journey and I don't recommend it, especially if you don't know the country and you don't know how to be there and how to dress there and how to, you know, deal with the men there. Um,
1: and problem solving as well. Like yeah. I see a lot of people, they go travelling and they're like, stuff starts going wrong and they just collapse. Because in yeah. school that you don't really learn those skills. And if you yeah. haven't dealt with it, like – We've been camping a lot as kids and everything would always go wrong. Mm. And so I was kind of used to just f- figuring it out. Oh, it's mm. flooded. We've got to move, blah, blah, blah. But I've seen a lot of people in Australia, they kind of get crippled when they go over there and they're like, oh my God, stuff isn't working out and stuff. Because mm. I completely agree. I think, you know, travel solo, but, you know, do it in- do it smartly. Yeah. Do it with intention. Yeah. Do your research. Yeah.
0: And I, I had to learn the hard way.
1: Mm. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> like the really hard way. Yeah. Um,
1: as you said, like it was one of, yeah, one I mean, of the, I guess did you say the greatest things? I was a, a I thing mean, that it, it,
0: it, it brought me to the light.
1: because
0: yeah. once you hit the rock bottom and you're you're in the dark completely, the only place to go is then mm. towards the light. And when you felt that place, you want to be in the light. And so I I was just seeking this liberation. I was seeking this like. I was prepared to like, I had already stripped it all back. So I was like, I'm recreating myself. I'm ready to grow into whoever I'm going to be and, you know, go on this journey and I pushed myself to go on the journey. I was like, I'm going back to actually haven't been back to Sri Lanka, but I will go back to Sri Lanka. Probably not now because it's not a good time to be there. No, definitely not. If you are seeing what's happening in Sri Lanka at the moment, but I will go back to Sri Lanka and I will conquer that. Um, I did get invited back to teach on a retreat there a few years back, but I wasn't ready for it mm. yet. So that was still the, the trauma. Like I said, the trauma hasn't left me completely. I definitely feel like I'm okay. I can talk about it and it's, and it's fine and it's like I'm not breaking down and mm. about any of those things. It's made me so strong, you yeah. know. It's made me definitely a stronger person.
1: I think because of the way you handled it, like it's kind of like the victim and victor. And I that situation, in that situation, you could let yourself, once you're safe and you're back in Australia, you could let yourself become a victim mm. and just use that as an excuse to push your friends away, which is what happened. Mm. But then you managed to flip it. You know what? I'm going to face this fear, which is a victor kind of mentality. Mm. And it's like, I'm not going to let this define who I am. Mm. This isn't, it's not my fault that this has happened. This, this, this experience doesn't define me.
0: In some ways it did though, but not in a way that was negative. No. That, like yeah. it, it, it did, it, it structured I don't know, structure is the right word, but it molded forms,
1: maybe. yeah, or yeah. form
0: that molded me. Like it made me go down this path. It made me spend this much time in India and want to do it alone and want to, you know, like even sometimes like years have followed. People knowing that I was traveling India and they're like, "Can I come with you?" And I was like, "Not at this point." Then I created my business so people could come with me. Yeah, <laughs> at ready. that point, I I needed to be on this journey. Alone, mm. And, uh, you know, like I said, I made friends there. I never felt alone really because, you know, you've travelled before, you know mm. how easy it is to make friends. And that's the thing. It's so
1: easy. There to, is to something about travelling where it is easier. It's Maybe you've got a common ground with other travellers. You travelers? Have a
0: common ground because you a, a lot of other people are alone. Yeah. You know, so instead of sitting there on your phone, like most people do here on the train, if you're on a train here, everyone's on their phone, no one's really paying attention to anyone else you're kind of like off that and you're like, you're seeking someone to, you know, be your friend or
1: and you're doing stuff. Keep,
0: keep you safe as well. Like, you know, you, yeah. you feel like even when I was traveling, like I'd, I'd find people that I'm like, I can connect with whether they were Indian or they were from wherever in the world, I could feel the energy of a person. Mm. I'd be like, All right, I'm going to be with this person. You know, maybe it was just an Indian woman there that I'm like, sweet. I'm going to sit with her because that makes me feel safer. Mm. Um, but, yeah, they're the kind of things you sort of have to learn when you're travelling in a country like that, you know. And and I saw, like, you know, young girls, you know, one girl from Spain and she was in Goa. And Goa you can be quite free and liberate. You can dress how you want to dress. But when you leave Goa to the rest of India, you need to cover yourself. Mm. And I saw her on a train, not covered. I'm like, you cannot do that. Mm. <laughs> you can't do that in this country. It's just not safe. I, I had one incident where we were like in our little house at night and I heard this girl screaming, like screaming at the top of her lungs. And um, she she ran to our house because she there was a guy that was trying to rape her. You know, like this stuff happens. Mm. Um, we're so sheltered here. Yeah. Like it happens a lot there. And we have to be super careful when where we're in Countries like that, mm. um, it's not like here. You can't. You can just walk down the street and it's, you're more or less fine. You know, things still happen here, of course. Yeah, but, but on
1: a very small scale compared yeah. to
0: here. We're dealing with billions of people in a country, you know, and amongst them, like in any major community, there's the good people and there's the not so good people. Mm. So,
1: yeah. Well, and also, when you're dealing with countries that have a lot more people who are poorer. Mm. You know, and
0: uneducated.
1: And uned- which yeah. is, yeah, goes hand in hand almost. Yeah. You know, poverty yeah. leads to lack of education, mm. which can just lead to all these other things and they yeah. need to make money somehow. So, they, you know, there's all these different rabbit holes and stuff. Mm. But I, no, it's a good story because I think it is just connecting with people overseas is a lot easier, but there are a lot of benefits into the safety as well. Because if we go back to your example, like on the train, right, I guess when you're on the train, you just live, it's just your life. Like you're not looking for anything. But when you're traveling, you're like, I'm doing this tomorrow. I, need, I want someone to come with me. I'm looking for all this stuff. And there's something magical about traveling and making friendships, which is why I think like don't settle with your friendship groups straight after. Don't settle with your high school friends, right? Mm-hmm. I'm not saying kick them out. I'm sure they're great people. But like go travel the world. Go see stuff before mm-hmm. you settle with your friendship group. Otherwise, you might be with the same friends your entire life. Yeah.
0: You know, it's crazy like because I come back to old friendship groups that I knew from school. And all they talk about is things that had happened at school and you can't connect to the conversation. It's like how how am I supposed to connect to – I wasn't there when Mm. you guys did that thing, whatever you did. I wasn't there, so how can I connect to that? So they're just like stuck in this place of memories that they had together in school. They haven't really gone outside of that Mm. and it's very hard to connect with them. So I just sort of, you know, slowly after years you start to fall off and you don't want to be around them because all they're talking about is things that you can't contribute.
1: Yeah. Which means no one else joins their group, which mm. means it's just this perpetual group yeah. of like, and again, like if I'm sure, I'm, we're not saying they're bad people. It's more just like, you don't know what you don't know, right? Mm. You gotta leave the country, meet people. You know, I just think there's so many incredible people out there. It'd be silly not to take advantage of it. My whole mindset was traveling and this is where my brain kind of goes, Right. <laughs> I remember reading books, of, let's say we go back a hundred, maybe let's say 200 years or so. Let's say well,' back 1500 sort of times. They could travel around the world. It would take three months to get to Australia on a boat where you had probably shared like a, a hammock and you were people were throwing up all the time. You had, didn't have much food just to get to Australia and then three months back again and traveling the world was this huge thing. And now we can do it in 20 hours. Mm. And like we can essentially buy time Mm. that 20 hour flight you just bought three months of travel back Mm. in like 400 years ago right and so we can experience more in 50 years than someone else could have experienced you could experience a hundred times more with the internet travel and I think it'd be silly to let that go to waste and I do believe anyone in Australia not anyone it depends on your situation but most people in Australia do have the means to travel if you don't have money now then you get a job save up
0: well like I said I left with this very small amount of money, yeah. so you can do it. I just get sick of the
1: excuses because I know yeah. whenever I post clips like this on TikTok, yeah. every comment is people saying, oh, I need money. And it's like, I need money to travel. Okay, then get a job.
0: I had that experience a lot with Wild Women Journey. So it wasn't, it's was not so much about money, but it was like, how how do you do that? Like, I don't understand how you do that or do how, just, just go off on your own. They're like, they're, right. their major thing is fear. Mm-hmm. Like I'm scared to do that. Why I would never do that. I don't feel comfortable doing it. That. And that's fine. Like everyone's on their own journey. and, and it's, I doubt
1: you felt comfortable at first as well.
0: Yeah. I mean, there was definitely times I didn't feel comfortable. Mm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
1: But like I think leaving to travel the world or travel by yourself is going to be uncomfortable for anyone at first. If it's your first time doing it and you're like mm. leaving home for the first time, like... Of course, it's gonna be uncomfortable. I mean,
0: I still get anxious every time I'm about to go on a flight somewhere. Even yeah. y- even if it's to the outback, you know, it's <laughs> like three hours away. But I still get nervous, and like that's after years. And I've, I can't tell you how many flights I've been on. I have I've moved around so much. I actually hate flying. Mm. <laughs> Funny enough, I I don't like traveling. Like actually but traveling. Yeah. Um, that's why I stay in places for a really long time. So I'll normally like take my entire visa and stay there for the entire time because I want to make it worth it mm. and not, you know, and also the environmental impact of travelling as well. Mm. I'm very big on the environment. So, um, yeah, that that's something that we have to consider as a traveller as well, the impact that we have. That's why I was like, I don't want to fly everywhere. It doesn't matter if I do or I don't because the, the, the flights are going anyway. Yeah, yeah. But, you know, it's just the way it makes me feel um, and also don't like the traveling. So <laughs> it was easier for me just to go somewhere and be there and, and immerse in that place. And also you find after time it's like you when you when you travel around the world a lot, you see a beach, you see a waterfall, you see a temple, they're amazing, beautiful, you see another beach, temple, waterfall, cool, another one, you know, mm-hmm. and then they're more or less like a beach, a temple, and a waterfall. Mm-hmm. It's what I found was what I looked for, was a community, was the people, was the energy. You know, it wasn't about like the the
1: beauty locations, the and beauty stuff.
0: of the location so much. Because I went to the Maldives and I hated it. Mm. I hate. I didn't hate it. Like I'll take that back. Uh, I had a I had a nice experience there because I met a really nice boy and like you know we we had a good time together. But it's the the people there are. Not easy, you know. Like okay, it's yeah. it's a um, strictly Muslim country. It's the most beautiful place on the planet. Beautiful white sand, crystal clear water. You can't swim with your bikini on, you know. Mm-hmm. Like I was on the on the local islands, and the only reason I was on the local islands was because I can't afford the resort islands. But being on the local Id- islands meant that I had to be like the locals, and I find that very difficult to to be in a place where it's 40 degrees. It's like this tropical water. It's beautiful and I have to be covered. Mm. So,
1: it's um, such a, I really love that point because I do believe that's very much the modern world of travelling. Like we see you look at travel people and they're always posting like the Maldives or yeah. like, you know, Airlie Beach or like the most stunning locations. Like I went to one in Bali. You've probably been there. Um, it's one of the most beautiful beaches in the world. It was absolutely stunning on, um, there's an island. You've got to catch a ferry to the island. And Gilly? Is, Gilly twine? Yeah, yeah, Gilly. Yeah. No, no, not Gilly T. It was another one. I forget the name, sorry. Gilly air. No, <sighs> it's on my tongue. But anyway, it's a beautiful beach and yeah. I, there's a photo on my Instagram. And um, yeah, we got the photos for the Instagram and then it's the most gnarly beach to go down to. So I dislocated my shoulder a day before mm. and I was walking down this thing. You got to hold ropes while you like go down mm. and it's like your, your heart rate's going crazy cause it's, like, it's such a mission to get down there. And then the waves were so strong that you couldn't even go in the water cause it was like ripping you out. Mm. So it was beautiful, but like, did we have a good time? I don't know. I yeah. think you could go to a simpler beach and have a much more <laughs> enjoyable time.
0: Yeah, and that's the thing, you know, like most of my my best years in india I have not been recorded mm. there was no cameras out there was no no shoes no shoes <laughs> it was full hippie vibes um but yeah the 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 best times were not recorded mm. and and in some ways i'm sad about that because yeah. like i would love to look back on those times but in other ways those times are really special because i wasn't sitting there on my phone looking through mm. the screen at everything you know I'd rather be in the moment.
1: Well, I think, and I feel like I, I've tried to do this quite well, is master the having your phone and taking photos but still being in the moment. Yeah. Like you, the cool thing about the iPhone is you can play your phone and in five seconds you've got incredible photos and then you can put it down. Yeah. So you don't have to be there for ages. You can just pull need it out to like learn and that s-
0: skill. Just I go do. snap,
1: snap, snap, <laughs> take a few photos, get a selfie, get them and then enjoy it. And then you get the memories and you get to enjoy it yeah. without compromising it. Yeah. I think that's the perfect balance. I'm
0: finding that like with my trips, um, I don't want to be on the phone and because, you know, it's fairly new business, I can't really pay someone to come and film the whole yes. thing, which I'd love to do, but we're not there yet. We will get there. Um, but I... My, my videos end up being so shit mm. because I'm like, okay, I'm over it. Well, you've you got to treat
1: it as not a trip. If for you, it's business, right? For sure, like for my, sure. My, my but events. I'm also
0: like, I still love nature, you know? Yes, so I'm yes, like yes. in nature and I'm like, oh, I just want to like watch the sun go down. Mm. I just want to like be in this, you know, I just, I want to, you know, especially somewhere like Gari, like Fraser Island is an epic place. Like if you haven't been there, you should come on the trip because <laughs> it's amazing. It's- I was
1: there at the beginning of this year. Yeah. Just for like one day. Isn't that beautiful? Oh, stunning. Yeah. Like
0: it's it's something, I mean, it's the biggest sand island in the world. You have these inland deserts, like big sand hills and like the Lake Mackenzie. Like, yeah. wow.
1: We kayaked like, through like the, <laughs> the the monk graves. What are they called? The mo? Oh, my God. I don't know. Whatever. The, <laughs> it was very beautiful. But we were like yeah. kayaking because it had just been burnt yeah. when we went because they yeah. did like back burning or something. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, it is stunning.
0: Yeah, but Lake Mackenzie, I mean, like, this, it's the, some of the most purest water in the world. It's, like, so pure that nothing lives in it. The sand is 98% silica. So, like, you can literally go scrub your body with the sand, go into the water. It's so weird. And my hair was so nice that I when I came out of the water, I'm like, I don't want to wash my hair again. Like, It's just not <laughs> Lake Mackenzie hair all the time. <laughs> um, but, yeah, it's it's a really special place. Um I mean, travelling around Australia, something Australia does have, the nature here is epic.
1: Yeah, and it's, it's so It's really vast.
0: well protected and I love that. Like I want that in India because India is just a big rubbish dump. Mm. Like we we have a serious waste issue. Yeah. Wait, wait, let's not get let's not get into that because that that's something like I'm super passionate about like mm. and you know regenerating rainforest and tree planting and all that yeah. stuff and we do that with Yama as well and that's something we really want to you know expand upon and and you know that's that's a project that you know I'm really leaning towards because uh, I think we need to make some big changes in 100
1: and I yeah. mean hopefully this new government in Australia can. Uh, Help push that in a better direction, but I did want to go back to, I guess, what we were just talking about because I wanted to just, I like, guess, double down on this point. Mm-hmm. I think for you, a big part of why you love traveling is, as you've already said, the community and the people you get to meet. Yeah, and I think maybe and freedom and the freedom, yeah, yeah, that's cool. But I'm a
0: freedom fighter. Freedom I'm like, fighter. I'm all about freedom. You know,
1: <laughs> I think like <laughs> in Western countries, we get caught up and we want to go to the most beautiful places, yeah, rather than seeing the most beautiful people. Yeah, and I don't mean physically beautiful. Yeah, you know beautiful communities but I love New Zealand so much I grew up there but like Mm. whenever I go back oh my god I just love the people in New Zealand they're so Mm. friendly they're so nice Mm. and And it's an epic country it's an epic country everything's there most people say that like a lot of people be like oh yeah the people in New Zealand obviously not all of them you know Mm. but enough to make an impact on tourists and so yeah I think it's a cool mindset shift rather than going can we go to the most beautiful place can we find the most beautiful people
0: yeah
1: yeah I think it's a good way for us to look at traveling and again when I say beautiful I don't mean physically I mean like Culturally, or like, I don't know. You know what I mean when I say beautiful. Yeah, people.
0: I mean like think about like the most beautiful beach in the world, but you're just there alone. Yeah, or this room with that the favorite people. The one I, I would choose the room with the favorite
1: people. I choose a room like- as well, and I was on one of the most beautiful beaches. <laughs> like I honestly, I'll, when I edit this up, I'll put a photo of it. Like I forget what it's called, Diamond Beach. No. It was it's literally in like the top, most top 10 lists, beaches yeah. in the world, there's beaches on there because it's just yeah. so stunning. There's like these giant like cliff faces and stuff and it takes ages to get there. You've got to like mm. catch a ferry and that's the whole thing about this beach. It's a one hour ferry to get there. Mm. Then you've got to ride on bikes for two hours. Then you've got to, Go I kind of like down. the
0: idea that it's an epic journey to get there. It is cool. <laughs> I feel like that's really cool. No, it is cool. That sounds like a good Yama trip. <laughs> it, it, it is, it is it'd be a great
1: Yama trip yeah. and, and it is a cool journey to get there. I think it's just very romanticized yeah. and like, wow, it's so beautiful. But like being there wasn't that pleasant. It was windy. You could, there was nowhere to sit. The, the waves were crazy. It wasn't relaxing at all. It was beautiful. But I mean, I would rather, yeah, the room with people and yeah. you know.
0: Yeah. it's. Uh, I mean, we're social creatures. We, yeah. we need other people. As much as people sometimes say to me, yeah, I just, I like being alone.
1: I'm like, yeah.
0: I don't believe you.
1: There's, the there's moments
0: that we can be alone and we need to be alone, but always being alone, no, we we need other people. We're we're so connected, you know, like we're yeah. more connected than just the words that we speak or the, the communication like that we're having right now. There's, there's communication going on between people from, you know, that that I still communicate with friends that are like over, you know, still in India or in Europe or wherever they are in the world, like I feel connected to them. Mm. You know, just the other day I was talking about my friend Shiv and then like haven't haven't spoken to him in ages and I was telling him he's got a band, um, he's part of this Hang Massive and I was playing his music and I was like, oh, my friend Shiv sings with them and then next day he messaged me mm. out of the blue. So it's like and that's not, that's just one example. Of, this happens all the time. So we're definitely like, we, we definitely are feeling into each other more than. You know, the communication that we're having face to face
1: or yeah. No, I agree. I've had stuff yeah. like that happen all the time as well. You got and some there's stuff-
0: serious Wi-Fi going on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah.
1: <laughs> but it's like you get stuff you can't put your finger on. Mm. And you, it's just like, whoa. That was weird. I like, feel what like
0: are the my ch- whole whole life's like that, you know? Yeah. I'm like, whoa,
1: that's weird. Like what are the chances of are happening? Very, yeah. very small, but yet it mm. keeps happening and like these little things that you can't really tangible, they're not tangible, that's like, mm. what is this? Because, yeah, it happens all the time. We talk about it, that we're in the communication section and empower you, like mm. when it comes to building rapport. It's, we say um, someone did a study on communicating emotion and it was based broken into three parts. The words you say, the body language you use, and the tone of your voice. And 55% is body language. 38% is the tone of your voice. Only 7% are the words we say. So when you're communicating emotion... The words have very little to do with it. It's more like, what is the energy you're giving off with your mm. body language and your tone of mm. voice?
0: Yeah, totally. And
1: the issue is, texting only is words. Yeah. So don't have arguments over texting. Oh, I never don't, do. Yeah, you, I mean, yeah. we call it. <laughs> I, I love, love it. that you call. It's just so much easier. I'm, I'm
0: definitely a caller. Yeah. Yeah. It's I'm, so I'm much old easier. school like that. I mean, like, a text, like, text for me are like, meet here. Mm. They're not for having conversations.
1: Here's my address. Yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah totally. Yeah. It's
1: definitely yeah. a better way to do it. Yeah. Well, listen, this has been a really cool episode. Is there anything else you wanted to like, any other stories or anything you wanted to share that I haven't been able to get oh, out of you yet?
0: I have so many stories, but <laughs> you know, they're, they're, they're not going to come to me right now. Mm. But um, yeah, I guess I just want to, I want to share about Yama. Yeah. Um, I
1: mean, you know, we've kind of got you, I guess, a rough outline of your story. So you've traveled, you've done other stuff because yeah. of COVID, you in Yama. Now, yaman has been five years?
0: Five years in the making. So making, I started yeah. creating the business and I, I really like, um, I had no mentors. I had no like, you know, you're, you're, we've spoken about yeah, mentors and me how, how important it is. I kind of wish I did, but also I had to work it out on my own. That's why it took so long. Mm. I also was a hippie. I, I'll, I'll use that word because, you know, like I was. I didn't have a laptop. I had a shitty phone. Um, I didn't know how to do online stuff. Mm. And I just had to learn all of it. Mm. I bought myself a laptop. I learned how to build a website. I learned how to, you know, I'm learning the marketing. I'm learning all this. I'm learning, yeah, I'm learning everything and it's fun. Like I'm enjoying learning. And, and that's something I thought I wouldn't be able to do because I, I thought I was not that way inclined. But actually once you start on the journey and start to, you know, mm. it's like a 10,000 piece puzzle, you find a corner and you're like, sweet. Mm. And then from the corner you can, and it's still hard. You know, the puzzle's still, it's yeah, still, yeah. you're constantly problem solving and it's still hard. But once you found the corner and once you start to put a few pieces together, every piece that you put together, you're like, yeah, fuck yeah. Well, <laughs> I <did beautifully>, it.
1: <laughs> You've almost gone full circle. Like the <laughs> first point we said was in yoga, when people say, I can't, the first thing I get them to say is I can. Yeah. And it's like, yeah, I can't build a website. Yeah. Why not? Just learn how to do it. Yeah. Like, I'm the same as you. Like yeah. I learned everything. The university of YouTube for me. Yeah. I learned so much from YouTube. Like exactly. I had mentors, but they were more mentors on like bigger picture things. Yeah. When it came to like actually running ads and doing all the technological stuff. Just yeah. figure it out. Yeah. And like I love figuring it out by doing. Like yeah. throw me in the deep end and figure yeah. out how to swim.
0: And and honestly, like I mean, some people are more like inclined to be like, you know, um computer, you know, yeah. techie people, some people more. Movement, like body, like I, I'm definitely like a visual learner, like mm. I see and I can learn. Um, so everyone's got their own unique way of learning, but it doesn't mean you can't do, you know. Like th- there are things that I, I don't necessarily love doing. So once the business grows, I'm like, sweet, now oh, you totally. do that. Yeah. You do that and I'll keep doing the things that I love doing because it's part of the business that I love. Like I love it. I didn't know how much I'd love business. Um
1: but there's parts you hate.
0: <laughs> but there's parts that I don't love. Yeah. yeah. That's,
1: of course. And, yeah. that's, and the goal of an entrepreneur is to outsource the parts that you don't love so you can focus your time and energy on the yeah, things you do. Yeah, exactly. Which is easier said than done.
0: Yeah. Yeah. But um, Yama. Yama. Yes. <laughs> Yoga, arts, movement, adventure. Yeah. Um, we got a few trips coming up. So Nepal is finally happening. Yeah. After all that, we're circling back and we're doing Nepal. We've got. Yeah. You know, I'm really excited about this trip. I think it's going to be a great one. It's a 10-day trip, seven-day hike. Um, <clears throat> we hike to Pun Hill, which is a magical, magical lookout point where you see all the, you know, Himalayan giants, you see Everest and, and the way the sun hits it, they glow gold in the morning. Mm-hmm. So it's just like that that golden hour where mm-hmm. you see these these giants, like the, the giants of our planet, you know, and, and we get to see all of them there. Um, do yoga on the way, breath work on the way. Um, We always have like a dress-up thing. Yeah, yeah, I saw that. Radical self-expression, you know, like just being whoever you want to be and being like, you know, completely open Mm. and free. Like I want to bring this festival vibe, this feeling of freedom on the trips to um, connect with your inner child, you know, to, to feel free, to feel love, to feel connection, to feel community this is all part of what I'm creating with Yama and, and this face to face interaction, you know, like these trips are like you come to a trip and you're meeting with real people in real space, in real time. Um, I didn't want to do like online programs. Like I mean, this is
1: how we connected, right? Because I'm doing face to face with my program, Mm. and like I completely agree. I'm so over online. I just could not. Like I'm still got online elements, but like you have to have online
0: elements. We we like the world we live in now. We have to, but yeah. We um, also
1: have to have in person elements. I think. Yeah. So I don't think you can build genuine relationships only online.
0: No. We, we need like as human beings we need real connection and this is what this is about as well. It's about coming together, like meeting people, meeting mm. people, like spending time, that much time with people. Like it's crazy to watch how people change on the journey. Like the first day everyone's a little bit shy and they're like not saying much. And yeah, by the yeah, end yeah. of it they're all best friends yeah, and they're yeah. hugging and they're like, oh, you know, it's so nice to, to watch that journey that people go through. And it's also so nice to watch the interaction of people. Like I love psychology. I love watching mm. how people interact. I, I'm always like, you know. In the background. (laughs) I'm I'm always like reading little like psychology things before a trip and then I'm like applying it on that trip to see how, you know, like one Mm. was like never talk about myself. So I did a whole trip where I didn't talk about myself. It was an experiment really Mm. and I just kept asking them questions and them questions and what I found at the end is they knew nothing about me but they were really like excited to talk to me because they got to talk about themselves. So, um, yeah, I I always like to.
1: You (laughs) talk to people sometimes and like. They'll be like, oh, is so good at, she's such a cool person to talk to because all they did was talk about themselves, yeah. right? And that is a communication technique to get people to yeah. talk about themselves. Yeah, yeah. Because people love talking about yeah. themselves.
0: Yeah, but also I found in that that you need to find the balance. Yes, Like you need sure. to give away some information about yourself as well. Mm. But that was just like me playing, you know, with that yeah. that that energy and they they loved it because they got to talk so much about themselves. But by the end of it they're like, so… We don't
1: know anything about you. Mm.
0: Like, who are you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know?
1: Um, no, that's so, amazing. Yeah. Like, it sounds great. Like, I'm keen to come on the trips. And um, I mean, basically right now, to simplify it, you just got a bunch of trips that are coming up. Yeah. That's the theme you mentioned. It's self-expression. It's yoga. It's exercise. It's it's kind of everything wrapped into one bundle. Yeah. So it's not just a trip. It's more of an experience.
0: yeah. Yeah. It's a movement. It's ex- Yeah, it's a movement. <laughs> yeah.
1: And you're using trips as a vehicle to, I guess, exactly. facilitate it then. Yeah. So yeah. I think it's going to be amazing. And I think there's a lot of potential to grow the business over the next kind of year or two, what, for as long as you want to, really. Yeah. Um, And, I, I mean, you know my beliefs. I think this is more important now than ever. Like after, sure. after COVID, which yeah. has shined a light on how lonely a lot of people are, trips yeah. like these are a great way to build connections. Definitely. So, yeah, yeah. Yama sounds great. You. Yeah. Well, listen, before we wrap up, I always ask one guest final question. Yeah. And that is what advice would you give to your 18-year-old self? <sighs> 18-year-old self. Mm. Um,
0: don't party so hard. <laughs> you need your brain cells. <laughs> yeah, that's probably it. <laughs> you can do better than that. Uh, 18-year-old self.
1: Well, any eighteen-year-old today. Let's make it. Doesn't mm. have to be you.
0: Um, live your best life. Life is short, you know. Like enjoy every moment. Um, take on experiences, but be careful. Mm. Don't party too hard. <laughs> is that better?
1: Find a balance. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's all
0: about balance, isn't it? I
1: mean, we spoke before, like at the beginning of the episode, we were like, you know, I was just following what I wanted to do. Mm. Which I think not many people are doing. Yeah, and I think you know that's probably your biggest advice. like, just follow your heart. Follow your
0: heart for sure. That's yeah. that's that's definitely yeah. I I always followed my heart, and mm. I like where it took me. Yeah, you know, like trust trust in that feeling. Uh, despite yeah.
1: despite the downs and the struggles.
0: Yeah. I will say as well, it's the first time I've publicly shared that story. Mm. So thank you for facilitating that. My,
1: my pleasure. <laughs> it, was, it was great. It was awesome to hear. Like that's incredible.
0: Yeah, it was um
1: and terrifying.
0: It, it was. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Like
1: genuinely. <laughs> it's like it literally sounded like out of a movie.
0: Yeah, I mean, I could probably write a book about my life. Yeah, yeah <laughs> and Maybe one day. But this I will. is why I want to interview you. I was like,
1: <laughs> you're like, what do we talk about, Brian? I was like, just tell me your story. You're like, <laughs> I'll just I'll just sit there, like. I didn't talk that much in this episode. Yeah. I usually talk a lot more, but I was like, just, just tell me the story. Just hear yeah. it. Like I'll add little tidbits and stuff. Um, but anyways, Alyssa, thank you so much for coming on the show. If anyone wants to come along on one of your trips, get in touch with you, send you a message, what's yeah. the best place to find you on?
0: Um, Instagram's a great place, Yama Movement on Instagram or yamamovement.com. So yeah. Y-A-M-A, movement. Yeah.
1: yeah. And I'll put all the links in the show notes below. Otherwise, thanks for coming on the podcast.
0: Thank you.